Okay, we're reading from John 21, 25 through 36. And there were strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And here on earth, the nations will, will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and the strange tides. People will be terrified by what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up, for your salvation is near. Then he said to them, then he said, gave them this illustration. Notice the fig tree or any other tree. When the leaves come out, you know without being told that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you can know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Watch out. Don't let your heart be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this world. Don't let the day catch you unaware like a trap, for the day will come upon everyone living on, on the earth. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong, strong enough to escape these, these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. Thank you, Dean. Uh, you can hold on to it for now. Thanks. Yeah, Dean is one of our elders. At this point, you've met them all now since our uh, last rotation of elders. Uh, and thank you, Dean, for serving in that way to the church. If you don't know them, you get to know them. Um, so, the end times. Don't you ever wonder how it all ends? I know as a little kid, I'd get made fun of because I'd go to my brother's house. He was a little older than me. He had... I don't know, 100 movies. He loved to collect them. And I'd throw them in, and I'd skip to the end. And my brothers and his friends would say, what are you doing? Well, I want to see how it ends. You know, I want to see where the big battle is with all the lasers, you know. Like, you can't do that. I said, why not? I want to know how the story ends. It's always the coolest part. And a lot of times we walk through life not really thinking necessarily about how it ends. Today's title is about the signs of the end times. And just how do you even know if you're getting, we're getting close? On my way here this morning, I walked by a cornfield, saw the tassels out. That's a sign that harvest is coming, right? Or specifically, the ears of corn. You know, you're getting close, right? You got to be ready and get your equipment ready, right? You don't want to get to that day and be unprepared. Say, oh, I guess we did need a harvester this year. <laughs> no, too late to be asking that question. Be preparing ahead of time. The scripture today we look at is it's wonderful. We just read the second half of it, so I'll have to fill in some blanks as we go along. But we're going to look at seven things that the end times point us to. So the definition of a sign, it's the presence or the occurrence of something that indicates the presence of something else. And I'm just going to steal my own thunder right up front. The seventh and last thing we'll look at today, that all of this points to, if you've ever been in Sunday school, this is usually the safest answer you can say, right? What is it? Jesus. Jesus. It all points to Jesus. The end times don't point to an antichrist that is coming. It doesn't point to incredible suffering and terror. 
points to Jesus. And for me, that's like coming home when my mom's making lasagna. You haven't tasted it yet, but you know it's coming. You can smell it throughout the house. Okay? I don't think the end times needs to be a smell of smoke. Right? It can be a smell of lasagna. (laughs) This good stuff's coming, guys. Isn't that wonderful? That last song we were singing of, of Jesus coming. And we sang that line about, we're a church ready for you. Oh, man. Amen. As Deb was sharing, she's ready. (laughs) I'm ready. So let's look at our scriptures today. Here's how the the whole chapter starts. The disciples are walking along. They made it to the temple in Jerusalem. And they're looking at this thing going, wow. Isn't that awesome? They tell Jesus, look at these magnificent stones. This temple was being rebuilt during this time. They were 50 years into their own finish fund. (laughs) That's a lot of time to be working on a single capital campaign project. And so these disciples said, wow, look at this. This is awesome. I mean, this thing's indestructible. (laughs) I mean, buildings out of stone, they can last quite a while. And they keep building on it after this time of Jesus for another 30 or so years until it gets tossed down. And Jesus predicts that to them. They say, not one stone will be left on another. Not even this will last. And this is their response. Teacher, when will this happen? What sign will show us that these things are about to take place? I've been wrestling all week with that question. In terms of why do they want to know? I don't actually have an answer for you. Sometimes I just ponder out loud. (laughs) Why do they want to know? I don't know. I mean, if I'm with Jesus, at a certain point, I think I can say I'm good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, all right, that temple can fall over. But if I'm with you, Jesus, I'm, I'm good, right? Yeah. But they ask. They say, we want to know. We want to know what's coming. Jesus gives them some signs, some clues. He doesn't tell them everything. He could have. He could have said, hey, in 70 AD, it's going to get torn down. Jerusalem's going to get ransacked. Israel won't be a nation until 1948. He could have told them all of that, okay? But he didn't. He didn't. There's a certain point that the scripture tells us what we need to know. And what we need to know is that it all points to Jesus. That if we're with him, it's good. There's this thing called walking by faith. Sometimes we want to be so certain. We want to know exactly what's coming. We want the foreknowledge of God to feel safe. No, you don't. You need to be with Jesus to feel safe. I wish one of them would have just been like, Jesus, you'll be with us though, right? Yes, all right, we're good. But they ask the question and Jesus responds. He says, don't let anyone mislead you. The Greek for that word mislead is, don't go astray. Don't stray away 
to a path you shouldn't take in regards to the end times. He says, stay on the path. Stay focused. So moving on. What are they to be focused on? Where should the end times lead us? For not to stray away, what are we supposed to be set on? So we're going to have fun looking at seven of them today. The first one can be a sermon all by itself. This is a great passage and a u- unique contribution Luke brings to this topic of end times. And he tells them this. He tells them that a lot of suffering is about to happen. Yet, look at these scriptures. It says, this will be your opportunity. God is creating an opportunity. And you might say, no, God's giving me a bad day. And I'm saying, stop it. You know what I mean? No. God is creating an opportunity. We have a redemptive God. He takes stuff that's messed up and he makes something beautiful. That's how the early church gets started in in Acts. The first chapter of Acts, the disciples, again, basically ask a question. They say, okay, Jesus, is now the time that you're going to restore the kingdom? And Jesus goes, it's not about the time or the dates. Only the Father knows that. You don't need to know. And then in Acts 1 verse 8, he says, but this is what you do need to know. He says, go out to the ends of the earth and be my witnesses. We call that the Great Commission. It's the path to not stray from. The first of seven that we're going to look at today. And they do. They go out and they do that. Chapter 4, the apostles, it says that those watching Peter and John as they testify and witness to a living Jesus, a God who is alive and not dead in the world, Acts 4.13 says that when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, that they were uneducated and ordinary men, I feel pretty ordinary sometimes. That doesn't disqualify me. It says that they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So in suffering, Peter and John took courage to share about a living Jesus. And it says that their audience took note. This could only come about from them having been with Jesus. We can't explain this any other way. It points to Jesus. There's a guy by the name of Stephen in Acts 7. He is an opportunity through suffering. He's the first martyr of the Christian church. But he has an opportunity in that to give a beautiful, chapter-long message of witness to Christ. And as he stood in his last moments, he was not filled with fear. It says he looked up in heaven and he saw Jesus standing there in power and glory. Pointed to Jesus. Let's go to the second thing that the end times point us to. Confidence in Scripture. The first chapter of Luke, Luke says, I'm writing this stuff so that you know what's been fulfilled among us. So spe- specifically, the prophecies in the Scriptures, that this has all been pointing to through the Bible. Genesis till now, this has been pointing and fulfilled among us. 
Acts 1 says, or Luke 1 says. And then the last chapter of Luke, Luke 24, a risen Jesus walks with some of his followers. And it says that walking through the scriptures, he showed them all the things that had to be fulfilled through his life. Back in the Old Testament, there was a lot of prophets. Some would say, peace, peace, everything will be fine. Other ones will say, no, terror, we'll be invaded and we'll lose. A lot of prophets. You know how they determined who was the prophet of God? Here was the test. Did it come true? If it didn't, they were not a prophet of God. But if it did, guys like Jeremiah and Isaiah, who prophesied that Assyria and Babylon would come in judgment against Israel and take them captive, those things came true. They were true prophets. The Old Testament says if a prophet prophesies something in the Lord's name, it doesn't come true, they were to be put to death. They were not a true prophet. They were making up stuff and leading people astray. And Jesus, often it gets categorized as we usually just see a certain aspect of him. But here he's a prophet. He's predicting the future. And as that comes true, it only legitimizes his claims that Jesus is who he says he is. That he knows what's coming. Third thing that the end times point us to points us to endurance and perseverance. It says that everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up, for your salvation is near. It does not say shrink back and hide, right? But it says like Stephen, stand up, church. Take a stand. Because you are so close to seeing Jesus face to face. And others are going to see him through you as you hold to that hope. Titus 2.13 mentions the end times and the hope that we hold to. And it's not a hope like, boy, I sure hope the Vikings win a Super Bowl in my lifetime, right? It's not something that would never happen like that. <laughs> it's a hope that is sure, right? You, you smell the lasagna and you're not wondering, is that some new perfume? You know that there's lasagna in the oven, right? It's, a, it's an expectation that you know that you know that you know. That is what allows you to stand up like Stephen. That's what gives you confidence and hope and endurance and perseverance and encouragement as first thessalonians chapter 4 mentions the end times in verse 18 kind of the closing statement says so encourage each other with these words i think that's beautiful he gets done talking about the end times and then it says so encourage each other with these words so as we talk about the end times, we're on path as we leave encouraged. 
as believers in Jesus. Let's look at another thing that the end times points us to from this passage. It is a warning. It is a warning. And it uses this illustration of a tree. It says, notice that the tree, when it begins to get leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all the signs that Jesus has been discussing, you can know that the kingdom of God is near. And so that is a, that is a warning. I'll show you a picture here. What does this indicate? Harvest. Yeah, harvest. And as we see the end times, as prophecies are being fulfilled, we know the harvest is coming. And that's a warning. It's a warning to get ready, to be prepared. For some, it's more of a warning than others. (laughs) And yet it's worth all of us to do that heart check. Say, all right, Lord. That day to meet you face to face, it's a little bit closer. You know, there's very few people that enter the gates of heaven when they die, saying, I knew it would be today. <laughs> no. There's a lot of people that saying, what just happened? <laughs> All right? What just happened? That's why it's good to be prepared. And that's how you know you're on path with the end times. If it encourages your heart to get ready. Because you see things falling in place. They're happening just as God said they, they would. Let's look at two more. Here's a good one. Purity. Here's on path for the end times. It encourages purity. And so it says, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware. It's a great passage in 1 John 3, 3. And it says that all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure. That's talking about the end times. For all that have that expectation, they will then be encouraged towards faithfulness. And a parallel passage to this in Luke 21, over in the Gospel of Mark 13 and Matthew 24, those two other authors, they include a comment on the faithful servant after this section. We looked in that great detail over the last weeks that, that Luke draws out an entire chapter by itself. But Matthew and Mark, they add at the end of this, they say, consider the servant whose master leaves for a while. One of them even says, and gives you the job of watching the door. <laughs> Where should you be when the master comes back? Watching the door, right? In the military, it's not good to abandon your post when the captain comes back. Not to leave your spot at the watchtower. But rather, don't stray away, church. Stay on the path. And that includes warning people. Includes encouraging people. 
includes growing to be more and more like Christ as his spirit does its work in our lives. Let's look at the last one, second to last. Pray, Luke 21, 36 says, Keep alert at all times and pray. I like in the end of Ephesians, it talks about the armor of God and it lists off different things. But the very last of that chapter says to pray. Arm yourself in prayer. And Paul even says, and pray also for me, that words will be given to me to testify the gospel of God's grace as I should. But we are to be in prayer as we await his coming. As we pray, we know that times will get tough. But we also know that as we walk with Jesus, his grace will match anything that comes our way. As we're found in him, we are safe. For God has not appointed us to suffer wrath, but to find salvation in him. After service today, we're going to have a time of prayer. You're invited to stick around and stay in your seats. We'll have a long moment of silence, praying and interceding on behalf of Jackson Harcourt. When times get tough, God's grace can match that. We lean into that through prayer. And then notice at the end of this verse, it says that you might stand before the Son of Man. Ain't that the end of the path? <laughs> to be able to finally get there, say, Jesus, I am only worthy to be here through your blood, sacrificed for my sin. Thank you. At least that's what I want to say when I get there. <laughs> Thank you. So, in this last slide, let the end times, let them, let it lead you to Jesus. That's the end of the path. That's where history is headed. And along the way, let it lead you to witness. Amen? Let it lead you to confidence in Scripture. Amen? Let it lead you to endurance. Amen? Let it lead you to warning. Amen? Let it lead you to purity. Amen? And let it lead you to prayer. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you have the foreknowledge of all of human history in your hands. Lord, lead us in the path that we should go as your church. Bless us, for this, bless us in the scripture today. Let it resonate in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.